Well, thank you, girls, for that wonderful music. And the message of that song you just sang is so very true. Our first job as a church is to reach the world with the gospel. That's not all the church does, but that's our main focus. That's our first job. And that's why it's so important in these days of COVID that we pray for the lost and that we continue to support our missionaries with our faith promise. Please, please do that. Well, this is live preaching, folks. Live preaching. If we make mistakes, we can't go back and redo it. Yeah, so we hope we don't make too many mistakes. Now, there's not going to be any Bible verses up on the screen. So that means you're going to need your Bible. I hope you have your Bible there in front of you. We're going to be looking at a few passages together. Not too many, but a few. And I want you to have your Bible ready so we can turn together and look at these passages. Very important. Now, today is Father's Day, and I'm going to bring you a Father's Day message entitled, The Happiest Dad. The Happiest Dad. Now, it's a wonderful thing when you know that your heavenly father, your heavenly dad is happy with your life. That's a wonderful thing to know. You know, everyone is interested in happiness. We don't always get it, do we? But it's something that we're always interested in. I liken it sometimes to the family car. It's a wonderful, happy experience when you can just hop in the car and turn the key without problem and away you go. You know, the engine fires right up. You don't have a flat tire. Transmission's running smoothly. Lots of power under the hood. Away you go. That's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? And that idea of happiness, I think, is something that we're all interested in. Did you know our Heavenly Father is also interested in happiness? Yes, He is. Our Heavenly Father is interested in happiness, and that's why He created this world and all of the people in it, including you and me. He created us for his happiness. Say, so how do you know that? Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And here it is, listen. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. That means that we've been created to bring pleasure to our Heavenly Father. We've been created for his happiness. Are you and I making him happy? That's a good question, isn't it? Now, in our scripture, we looked at, Brother Howard, thank you very much for reading scripture for us. In Psalm 37, verses 21 to 24, very important verse, verses here. But we learn in verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man, that means a saved man, it means a child of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. You see, God has a way for men and women to walk. He has a plan. And those steps, uh, we had a congregational song just a moment ago about walking in the steps of Jesus. These are the steps that the Lord has ordered for us to walk in. And the Lord God delights in the good man who will walk in these steps. In fact, he even goes on and says that he will personally uphold his children in his hands that walk in his steps. So what a wonderful passage here today. 
And so today, being Father's Day, we want to wish happiness to all of the fathers, not just in our church, but across our city, throughout our province, throughout Canada, and all around the world. Every father, we wish them good. We wish them happiness. We wish them God's blessing. However, not all fathers will experience happiness today. I'm sure there are fathers, and it could even be some fathers connected with our own church that are not going to experience happiness today. Possibly, that might be. You know, it's possible for a father, an earthly father, not to get any happiness all year long. I would like to point out that generally speaking, just as a rule of thumb, the fathers who seem to have no happiness all year long, they tend not to be Christian fathers. Someone might say, well, what in the world does that have to do with it? Oh, my friend, being a Christian father makes a huge difference. Being a Christian makes a tremendous difference in the life. When you're a Christian, then God himself comes and lives inside of you. He takes away the loneliness. He takes away the fear of death. He gives you that hope beyond the grave. Oh, it's wonderful to be a Christian. I became a Christian April the 6th, 1975. That's over 45 years ago now, isn't it? That's a long time. But eternity is much longer, isn't it? Well, of course, one important thing that does make a Christian dad happy is when his children are saved and are all living their lives properly for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the Savior and for his glory. And so this morning, I'd like if we could explore for a little bit, a little while, this idea of the happiest dad. And let's see what we can learn. Would you bow your head, close your eyes and have a word of prayer with me now. Heavenly Father, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would please do a miraculous work, a wonderful work in all the hearts of the fathers, all of the dads that are watching now and all of the dads who will be tuning in later and watching the, I guess, the recorded, the reruns, I suppose, of, of this service today. Bless the fathers. Thank you so much for them. Our Heavenly Father, help us to honor you, not just today, but every day. Help us now to learn and to grow in the faith, to love you more, to be more that good man that you spoke of in Psalm 37, and help us to find and follow the steps of our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, folks, listen, before I get right into the points of this message today, there's something I think that I should point out, that uh, a Christian dad's true and constant source of joy and happiness is not solely locked into his children uh, or, or perhaps his wife or something like that. A true Christian's source of joy and happiness is really locked into his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dad, let me say this. If you are not experiencing the joy that God has for you, it may be because 
Your steps have taken you off to one side. Instead of walking the walk where God would have you, you have somehow found yourself off to one side. If that's the case, you know, you can fix that today. You don't have to wait till Monday or next Sunday. You can fix it today if you will. And I encourage you to do that if, if that's the case. Now, just as our Heavenly Father will experience times of joy and times of sorrow according to how we, His children, walk or don't walk in His pathway, so also the Heavenly Fathers, I'm sorry, the earthly fathers, the earthly fathers will also experience a similar joy or sorrow depending on how, if and how, their children are living for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the, the Christian fathers, the Christian dads here this morning. Well, let's get right into this, shall we? Let's first look at the father of a pure child. The father of a pure child. We're going to start right here. Point number one, the father of a pure child. We're referring, of course, to a saved child. Now, when I say child... I'm just referring to offspring. I'm not necessarily talking about someone two or three or four years of age. I'm talking about offspring. If your parents are still alive today, you're still their child, aren't you? Even though you may be 40 years old, 50 years old, you'll always be the child of your parents. <clears throat> and so we're saying here today, first, number one, the father of a pure child, a saved child, living for the Lord. Now, I'd like to encourage you to take your Bible and turn to the right to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to go together over to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Please turn there now in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 23. And if you have a little piece of paper or something, you can put in a little marker right there to keep your place in Proverbs because we'll be leaving it, but we'll be coming back. So Proverbs chapter 23, and I'd like you to read it with me, would you please? Right there in your home, maybe you're sitting uh, on the living room couch or on the floor. If you have your Bible open in front of you, I want you to read these words with me. Proverbs 23 and verse 24. Let's read together. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Folks, this is the best scenario. It doesn't get better than this, I think. As far as earthly dads, earthly Christian dads, the father of a pure child. We're talking about a son or daughter who's saved, who's living their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't get better than this. This is the best scenario. Having saved children that are godly. In 3 John chapter 1 and verse 4, the apostle wrote, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Hey, dad, are your kids walking in truth? Dad, your son, your daughter, are they following in the footsteps of Jesus today? If they are, you have cause for rejoicing, my friend. This, this is the best scenario. God bless all of the pure children 
who are saved and living for the Savior. Amen. Boy, it doesn't get better than that. If that's your case, if that's your scenario, praise the Lord. Thank God for your scenario. However, not every father can say that today. Not every father, not every Christian father can say that their children are saved and living their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. We wish every Christian father could, but they can't. That brings us to point number two. Is the father of a prodigal child. You see, we have the father of the pure child. That's the best scenario, isn't it? But then coming down one, we have the father of the prodigal child. Well, is this child lost or saved? I believe saved. A saved child. But listen to me. Backslidden. Backslidden. Not living for the Savior. Living for self. Not the Savior. The pure child lives for the Savior. The prodigal child lives for self. This comes down quite a notch, doesn't it? I think that it's quite a drop. You know, in the Olympics, they got the three winners, the gold and silver and bronze. And the difference between these winners may only be milliseconds or something to that effect. But not here. It's quite a drop from the point one, the father of a pure child, boom, down to the father of a prodigal child. Now let's take our Bibles and turn to the New Testament, shall we? Leave your marker there in Proverbs. We're going to go over to the Gospel of Luke. Would you turn there, please, now? The Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Many, many years ago, I knew a lady, and the way she memorized those first four books of the the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the way she kept them in order was she made a little poem out of it. She'd say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, hold the horse till I get on. Now, you won't find that in the Bible anywhere. And I think that lady has actually passed away. Uh, she was a fair bit older than me when I knew her decades ago. But she was a nice lady. Anyhow, we're in the third book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Oh, there we go. And we're in chapter 15. Chapter 15. Now, this is a familiar story to you, but I want you to see it. I want you to follow it along here with me, please. In Luke chapter 15, I'll, I'll just read a couple of the verses. Uh, I'll start at verse 11. I'll go to verse 13. Follow with me, please, as I read. And he said... A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now we'll pause right there. Now, some people believe that this prodigal son was not even saved. They don't believe that he was born again and saved. And some people believe that 
the prodigal son really was saved. Now, my personal position on it, after having studied this for so many, many years, is I believe the son was saved. Now, you might say, well, why is that, Pastor? Why do you believe that this son was saved? Well, number one, he's referred to as a son. Huh? He's referred to as a son. In fact, in the story, the son himself knew. He knew that he was a son of his father. There was no question whatsoever. There was definitely the, the heartstrings of the father that never left. There was the coming back to the father at the end of the story. Now, secondly, my second reason for believing that this, this son was saved was that for 2,000 years now, this story has been called the prodigal son. Now, the word prodigal is not used here in the scripture, but we know it as the prodigal son. Say, what is a prodigal? A prodigal is someone who, who exercises reckless waste of their personal property or their money. Absolute mayhem, reckless, abandoned spending and waste like unbelievable. I saw in the, the news a few years ago about a young man who won, uh, oh, I think it was $100 million, and he was a nobody, and he came into all this money. Well, right away, he decked himself out with diamonds and gold and, and bought all kinds of the most expensive cars and prostitutes and drugs, and he bought houses for himself and for his friends, and within, I believe it was two years, he had wasted that $100 million. Now, I stand to be corrected. It may not have been quite $100 million, but you get the idea. He went back to being a garbage collector. He said he had no regrets, but there's an example there of a prodigal son. Absolute abandoned, reckless waste of one's property and income. And that's exactly what this son did with his inheritance, isn't it? And so that's why he's called a prodigal. Now, being the father of a prodigal child, is not a happy scenario. Because as the father of a prodigal child, you have to grit your teeth and hold back from condemning and judging your son or daughter as they live their lives recklessly in this world, knowing that you, you taught them better. It's not like being the father of a pure child, is it? The father of the prodigal child knows many sorrows. If you're the father of a prodigal child, you know what I'm talking about. You know that there are many sorrows and many sleepless nights worrying about your son or daughter and praying for them that God would somehow protect them and would bring their heart back. Ah, oh, listen. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And that's very true about any backslider. Listen, prodigal child, can I talk to you for a minute? If you're watching today and you know you're a prodigal, you know that you've wandered off. You can recount happier times. Do you remember the times you used to maybe come to church with your family and sing the songs, the praises of God? What happened? What did the devil do? to side-check you and to knock you off. What did Satan do? Listen, 
Don't go blaming someone else because of your backsliding. Don't go hiding behind someone, be it a friend or even a father or mother, and blame it on them. Don't do that, my friend. You're not fooling anyone, certainly not God. Listen, prodigal child, you know from your lifestyle you've wandered far away from God. Today I'm calling you to come back home. Prodigal son, prodigal daughter, look at me. Would you come back home? Would you come back to your heavenly father? Would you do it? Would you do it today? You can do it today. He's calling you. Well, we've looked at the father of the pure child. We've looked at the father of the prodigal child. And that brings us once more here, finally, to the father of the punitive child. The father of the punitive. We're talking here about an unsaved child, an unsaved son, an unsaved daughter. And they're ready for the punitive judgment, the punitive punishment of Almighty God. Boy, this is sad. This is the, the worst scenario. I mean, the best scenario is being the father of a pure child, saved and living their life for the Lord Jesus, for the Savior. The next step down, and it's a sorrowful step, is being the father of a prodigal child. They're saved, yes, but they're not living for the Savior. They're living for self. But now we have what seems like a bottomless pit of a drop. Because now we're talking the father of an unsaved, an unregenerate, a punitive child. Lost. Living for Satan. Would you go back please to Proverbs? Take your Bible and turn back to the book of Proverbs. And we'll go to chapter 17. Proverbs 17 and verse 21 is our text verse here. Once again, I'd like to ask your help. Would you read this verse out loud with me, please? Proverbs 17, 21. Read it out loud with me now. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow. And the father of a fool hath no joy. Now, in the Bible, a fool refers to an unsaved, unregenerate, worldly type. Emphasis on the worldly. The beauty of Jesus cannot be seen in such a one. You remember the verse in Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Naturally, they're going to live for the, for the world, the flesh, and the devil himself. If they don't believe in the existence of God. As you read the New Testament in the Gospels, you read of a man named Judas. And we all know the story, the sad story of Judas. Did you know that Judas had a father? Did you know that? Of course you knew that. Judas had a father. Well, I'm afraid that this verse applies 
in Proverbs 17:21, he that begetteth a fool. You see, Judas wasn't saved. Judas gave the appearance of godliness, the appearance of purity. But in the final result, at the end of the day, he wasn't saved. In fact, we find out here that he was a punitive child, a child of hell. <clears throat> On the news just today, I saw something that, that gave me quite a shock. You probably all have heard of the, the singer, Michael Jackson, who, who died a few years ago. What a sad story of a life he led. Well, he fathered a child, a daughter, a girl that he named Paris. Paris Jackson. She became an actress. And I just saw today that she is acting the part in a movie portraying Jesus as a woman lesbian. Now that ought to make every born-again Christian lose their breath. I mean, how ungodly can you get? And I suggest to you that that is an example, perhaps an extreme example. But that's an example here of a punitive child. Punitive child, can I talk to you a moment? If you're watching this and you're not saved and you know it, you know you're not saved. My friend, you're living under the cloud of judgment of Almighty God. And one day, your opportunities will be all gone. You won't have time. You won't have another chance to come to the Savior. Oh, my friend, would you come today? Would you put away your excuses and get right with God? Would you make today your Heavenly Father's happy Father's Day? And would you come to the Savior Jesus and be born again? If you're not sure how to do it, you can talk to one of us at church, one of the pastors. Maybe your own father would be the, a good one to talk to if he's saved. And so, folks, to a certain degree, we can see that a dad's joy or lack thereof is somewhat dependent upon how his children will live their lives. And we're talking particularly to the Christian fathers today. We ask this, are the, the children pure? Are they saved and living for the Savior? This is the best scenario. It results in life and liberty and laughter and eternal joy. This makes for the happiest dad. Number two, are the children prodigal? Are they saved, but are they backslidden? Not living for the Savior, living for self. Oh, they still have life, eternal life, that's true. But what they also have is entanglement and they have confusion and they have disgrace and they have regrets. And this makes for an unhappy dad. And finally, there are the children, the punitive children. They're lost. They're in sin. They're living for Satan. This means bondage and sorrow. And death and the coming sentence of a eternal fiery hell. This results in a heartbroken dad. You have the happiest dad. You have the unhappy dad. You have the heartbroken dad. And you know the Bible records numerous godly fathers who ended up 
having wayward children and sometimes wicked, unsaved children. The Bible has record of this. But in all fairness to the children, the Bible also records numerous godly children who grew up under wayward or unsaved fathers. And so, before I finish, I must ask this question of the fathers today. Dad, are you yourself pure? Are you a Puritan? Are you pure? Are you saved? Are you living your life for the Lord Jesus? Pastor Devian, I want you to zoom in. Zoom in that camera in on me, okay? Zoom right in here on my face. I want to ask the fathers a question. Zoom right in. Closer. Zoom right in there. Can you do any closer? All right. That's good. Now listen, fathers. You say you're godly. You say you're pure. Can you prove it? Can you prove it? They say, put your money where your mouth is. Can you prove it? You say, how do we prove it? Well, let's look at your life. Let's look at your time. How much time do you spend with God every day? If you're a godly father, aren't you going to spend time with God? How much time do you spend with God every day? And do you spend time with God every day? And then, of course, there's your treasure. Are you tithing? Now, literally there, are you putting your money where your mouth is? You say you're godly, you say you're pure, and I hope you are, but can you prove it? Can you back it up with your time, with your treasures? Are you tithing? Are you giving to missions? Oh, I hope you are. Your talents. What are you doing to serve the Lord? What are you doing for the Savior? All right, Pastor Devian, you better pull the camera back. Unzoom it there. I, that's pretty scary, I, I think, when, when they get in that close to my face. I don't want to scare anyone here today. But listen, being a pure father makes your father in heaven happy. Makes him the happiest dad. And also it sets the best example for your children here on earth. But secondly, dad, you yourself, could you possibly be a prodigal? Saved, yes, you're saved, but you're living for yourself. You're not living for the Savior. And this makes your Father in heaven unhappy. That's the bottom line. And by the way, it gives your children every excuse not to follow in the Savior's footsteps. They'll just point to you. If you're a prodigal dad, they'll point to you and say, well, it's my dad. He set the example for me. Ooh. Number three, dad, are you yourself punitive? Are you watching this broadcast, listening to this sermon, and you're not saved? Perhaps like Judas, you have the appearance of being saved, but you're not really saved. You've never really admitted to God you're a sinner deserving to be cast from him in hell forever and ever. You don't really believe that you would be cast into hell, but you're very religious. Oh, you're never going to get to heaven. If your children ever get to heaven, it'll be a miracle. If you're a punitive dad, in reality, like Judas, you're a child of hell. Those are hard, hard words, and I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing for having to say them. But it's the truth, isn't it? If you're not saved, you're living under God's judgment. But we need to conclude the message today. My time is up. 
and I'd like to talk for just a moment with the prodigal child once again. Listen, it's Father's Day, isn't it? Father's Day today. But some of you, you don't have your dad anymore. Your father's not alive. Perhaps death came one day and took him away from you. And your prodigal heart wishes that you had your dad just for one more day. If only you could go back and be with your daddy just for one more day. To make things right. To tell him you love him. To ask him to forgive you. To tell him that you forgive him for his wrongdoing. But you can't do that anymore. All you can do is live with regrets, isn't it? If you're a prodigal. If you're a prodigal. If you're a prodigal, you're living proof of what I'm trying to say here. Proverbs 13, 15, the way of transgressors is hard. Listen, my friend, why not make today a happy heavenly Father's Day? You can do that. You can at least do that. Why not make your heavenly Father the happiest dad? You say, Pastor, how do we do that? You do it by giving him your heart today. That's what you do. You get back in the path, back walking the walk, the footsteps, the steps of a good man. You give him your heart. You give him your love. You give him your devotion. You tell him how much you love him. That's important. Your heavenly father wants to hear that from you. That's the very best father's day you can possibly give. And why is that? Because it not only blesses your heavenly father, but if you still have your earthly father, it blesses him too. If you don't have your earthly father, it blesses the memory of your earthly father, but it also encourages other people around you. Now we're going to have a word of prayer. And I want you to pray and in your heart, I want you to make today the happiest, happy Father's Day in heaven. Would you do that? And if you have an earthly dad, would you do something? Would you reach out to him today? And tell him you love him. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for all who've tuned in and have watched this service and listened to this message. Bless your people over and over. Help the fathers. Help the children. Even the mothers. Help us all to walk the steps that you've laid out. Bless us with joy in our homes and families and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Now it's our time to honor the Lord with our gift. And I would like you to hear the word of the Lord as I want to read for you a couple verses in Psalm 93. It says, The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. The testimonies, thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. The word of the Lord. Would you honor the Lord now and go to the donation page and give to God today your tithes and your faith promise to support missions. We've had quite a little drop recently in our missions. For what reason, I don't know. Or would you do everything you can to honor and worship the Lord today 
with your giving. God bless you as you do. Let's give together.